The Gospel according to John. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be, you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will, free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the Reformation. Um, I'm going to start with a, a reading, a letter from our presiding bishop. Dear friends in Christ, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. John 8, 32. On Reformation Day, we gather as the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America in our congregations across this church and with our Lutheran family around the globe to commemorate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. This centennial has provided a welcome occasion to learn more about Martin Luther and the Reformation while strengthening our understanding and commitment to our ministries. It has given us an opportunity to look back on the history of our tradition and to discern how we are being called forward together in Christ. As the first centennial of the Reformation to take place in the context of our church's deep ecumenical and interreligious partnerships, this anniversary is unfolding in a spirit of reconciliation. Together with our Roman Catholic sisters and brothers and our ecumenical companions, we have taken significant steps on the way to unity, justice, and peace. With our interreligious neighbors, we also have deepened mutual understanding across religious lines and collaborated for the common good. Over the course of this year, in initiatives and events across the church and the Lutheran World Federation, we have been inspired by the ways in which Lutherans continue to, to share boldly the gifts of our tradition. One of these is Martin Luther's insistence that, we, that the unconditional promise of God's love in Jesus Christ frees us to love and serve our neighbors. This countercultural message is as fit for us today as it was for Christians 500 years ago. On this day and into God's future, we, all, we are called to be a public witness to how God is continually at work in and through, in through us, reforming the body of the Christ in a world broken by sin. Thanks be to God, the Reverend Elizabeth Eaton. I start out with this letter to remind us that the Reformation was not really meant for us to be breaking apart from, the cha- from a church Um, It was actually Martin Luther's hope to reform um, the church. He was was not um, in agreement with the sale of indulgences, and he wanted to make sure that the Bible was given out to the people, that they were able to have access to it, um, that they were able to read it for themselves. Back in his day, mostly the Pope... Um, and the higher-ups in the church were the only ones that had access to the Bible. It wasn't written in a language that the people could read. You think about it today, we have Bibles of multiple languages, and it's just crazy for me to think back that we would not have access to God's Word. So that was a big, big push from Luther. Um, 
I'll give you a little bit of history about him, and then we'll go into um, a couple uh, a song here at the end that you guys will get to sing with us. Um, Luther Luther grew up in the middle of what the historians call the late medieval era. It's a turning point in history. Luther was born in 1483. The Renaissance had already begun in, south, in the south of Italy and was moving up the European continent. But that whole era, the shift from what historians call the late medieval era to the early modern era, was happening right when Luther was alive. There was a lot of things going on, both politically and within the church. His participation in the events during that era helped shape and change everything that happened in Europe, in America, and in the whole West in terms of our thinking, especially in terms of the church. The church that we have today would not be in existence if it had not been for, for Martin Luther. So Luther grew up in Wittenberg, a part of Saxony, Germany. Um, he was actually planning to be a lawyer, pushed kind of by his father to go become a lawyer to get a higher education. Um, there, there's multiple accounts out there as to why he changed his direction. One is that he was caught up in a thunderstorm on his way back from home to his studies. Uh, and during that thunderstorm, he was scared of dying and reached out, prayed to God to save him, and that if he was saved, he would become a monk. He was saved in the, sun, in the thunderstorm, did not die, and so he kept his word to God and became a monk. Even during his time as a monk, he was having a hard time figuring out how to get his sins forgiven, um, what he could do to stop sinning, what he could do to get those sins forgiven. He kept on trying as hard as he could. He would go to confession daily. He would confess over and over and over his sins, but he still never felt like his sins were forgiven or that he was saved. So he, he turned to his teachers, to his um, elders, and he learned from one of his elders, the Father Staupitz, told him to stop looking within himself to find how his sins could be forgiven and to look more to Jesus, look to the cross, look to the wounds of Christ. So Luther did some more studying and he started to realize that it wasn't on his own deeds, on his own doing, that he could be saved. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So it's through grace that we're saved. Nothing of our own works, but those that, that Jesus had already done for us. So through our faith, um, and through the grace of God, we are saved. Again, I, I talked about how Luther brought, thing, brought the Bible to his people one of, the, one of his big accomplishments was he actually translated the, both the New and Old Testament by the time he died uh, into German. And an interesting thing when I was reading about him is that it, it wasn't just German that you would get out of the German texts. He went to the butcher shops and he went to the different places in town to learn what modern day at that time Germans spoke. So he asked the butchers when it would come to different animal parts that were in the Bible what they called this and what they called that. So he was really trying to get it into the language of his people so that the people could read the Bible um, and get God's word straight from the source there. As, as we go on today, we see a lot of songs written by Luther, some of the hymns. Um, that we're actually singing today. If you look at the bottom, it says that either the, wor the words or the uh, hymn itself 
the tune was part of Luther's writings. Um, a very influential psalm that was a psalm hymn from Martin Luther was based off of Psalm 130, which we just read earlier. It was called Ostiffer Not in, in German. I'm going to read a earlier version to you, and then when I get done, we are going to sing this song. Um, we'll sing it in English, not German. This is also in English. But I just want you to listen to the words, and as we go on to sing the words, really sing them joyously and really think about them. This is what Luther wanted us to do. He wanted to bring the Bible to us, not only in our own words, but also in song so that we can remember it and learn from it. From trouble deep I call to you, Lord God, hear you my crying. Your gracious ear, O turn to me, open it to my sighing. For if you meant to look upon the many sins that I have done, who, Lord, can stand beside you? With you counts nothing but your grace, forgiving all your failing. The best life cannot win the race. Good works are unavailing. Before you none can perfect stand, and so must tremble every man, and live by grace only. Hope, therefore, in my God will I, on, the, on my desert not founding. Upon him shall my heart rely, and on his goodness grounding. What his true word doth promise me, my comfort shall and refuge be, and will I always wait for. And though it lasts into the night, and upon until tomorrow, yet shall my heart hope in God's might, nor doubt to take to worry. Thus Israel must keep his post, for he's born by the Holy Ghost, and for his God must tarry. Although our sin be great, God's grace is greater. To relieve, to relieve us, his hand is in helping nothing stays. The hurt, however grievous, the shepherd good alone is he who will at last set Israel free from each and every trespass. So originally Psalm 130, this was based off of Psalm 130, and then Luther used the words of Paul in the New Testament and added the readings about grace within it. So you'll hear about grace as you sing this next tune. And like I said, read it, sing it joyously, and just know that by grace you're saved, not by our own works, but through your own faith and through the grace of God we are saved. Amen.